When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 615 Sessions podcast on this Thursday afternoon. Chill vibes as we uh, join you for another episode. We're very happy to have an improved camera situation from Joe Rexroad of The Athletic. You uh, you look uh, clear. I don't know if that's a good thing, but you look more clear than any other time that we've done this at this stage. Have you upgraded your equipment? Whatsoever. Maybe I accidentally... Maybe I accidentally wiped it. I mean, I I, I don't know. No, Have I just been looking stuff, at man. you through camera, a, a camera filled with spittle for the last three, four years we've been doing this podcast? <laughs> that could be. Is it possible? Like, does the Botox you're you're injecting yourself does that improve your eyesight? I don't know. Does it give you superpowers? I, you tell me about the it Botox. You know, does give me superpowers because now I can be angry and you'll never know because my forehead does not move. I have tried actively to scowl the way that I used to, and all it does is like it's smooth as a as a baby's butt. We're good there. Oh the Botox, God, right? It's brilliant. It works. You, look how good I look. Look how good I look on camera, Rex you, Road. You look like a, a wax, like you're in Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. You know, the Buck Rising exhibit. I My God, nothing, it's freaking me out. Nothing would be more me than having a wax statue built to myself in ways that nobody else would understand. <laughs> but yes, indeed. We, uh, we can talk about Botox. We've got plenty of time to do so. The Titans have a preseason game. Uh, Joe and I are both going to be in Chicago, and we're looking forward to seeing how the uh, quarterback situation, I assume, plays itself out. I have to remind you that the podcast is made possible by the wonderful folks at Relax the Back. Hashtag, we've got your back, Nashville. I'm sure Joe has back issues. Joe should get a standing desk or a new mattress from Relax the Back. They are also The podcast is also brought to you by Two Rivers Ford. DeAndre Hopkins, the latest member of the Two Rivers Ford team. Two Rivers Ford, quality American-made Ford vehicles, award-winning customer service. TwoRiversFord.com is where you go. Uh, so, Rex, you and I have been watching practice together for a considerable amount of time uh, throughout the course of our careers at this point. Training camp this year uh, is, at least it carries a little more intrigue for me We've always known who the starting quarterback is coming into a Titans training camp. It feels like since you and I have been here, at least this year is the same, but the competition behind the starter is as interesting as any quarterback situation, not named San Francisco. Am I wrong there? Yeah, I think, no, I think you're right. I mean, I, I hadn't thought about it in terms of the whole league, but nothing comes to mind. And I agree. I would say that, there have been, in terms of the Titans, you know, recent history, well, I mean, some people remember now, Diana Rossini did throw out the Ryan Tannehill starting quarterback potential four years ago, which was premature, but was still based on some optimism about Tannehill and doubts about Mariota, which, of course, ended up materializing eventually in that season. But Well, it was yeah, never I mean, about that. It was about people like Ben Albright saying that, you know, uh, that the starting quarterback situation was up in the air when at that point it was very much not up in the air, whether, whether right, wrong, or indifferent, like John Robinson right. was going to ride it out with Mariota until the wheels fell off. Right. So that now that was still, you know, you're talking about a, an accomplished quarterback in a camp with Mariota. So at least, you know, it was very interesting to watch them on a daily basis, but 
Yeah, look, I think this is this is both the Titans' desperate need for a better QB2 situation this year than last year, and also potentially a preview of, of, uh, of 2024. I mean, to me, it makes sense to carry three and also to think of next year as Levis and Willis and possibly competition. Who knows? By then, maybe Levis has distanced himself, has passed and distanced himself from, from Willis, but at this point, it is very interesting. And these preseason games actually between that and the kicker situation. And also for me, Buck, the offensive line that I think should play as much as possible. I don't know that they will. I mean, those three things make these preseason games worthwhile. That offensive line, Joe, is bad. It's just objectively bad. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think obviously there's so much more focus. I've watched so much more, probably even like left tackle than right tackle, but the tackles. The, the interior guys. Uh, when I've watched the interior guys, I, I think I see. I think when you've seen pockets form, and again, for people who don't know, it's like Tannehill. You know, ones versus ones is really when you see the difference. When twos and threes are out there, it's relatively it's not the same thing. But ones, this very good defense that we know is very good, very good pass rusher than this offensive line, and it's on the outside to me that the issue is. I think the interior has held up okay. I mean, look, Simmons has given Brunskill a problem, but okay, you can live with that. But it's the tackles, and it's Dillard. It's just, I think uh, it's going to be better than Dennis Daly. But at this point, I don't think I could commit to saying much more than that. No, and I and I think that's something that most Titans fans need to kind of come to terms with at this stage. We're doing a radio show up there on the uh, on the terrace that they've got on top of the practice facility, and I, I left your colleagues. By the way, Joe Rex Road, Robbie and Rex Road, except it's uh, Rex Road and Kaharski, 6 to 9 a.m. as of late, while Robbie is on paternity leave. Congratulations to Robbie and the family yes. uh, on the uh, the newest Stanley edition. But uh, 102.5 The Game, I left your colleagues from 102.5 down below in the rain, and then I went up and, and had Kirby set up for me on the terrace so that I didn't, so I wouldn't melt. So my Botox that's sweet. wouldn't melt away. Well, you know, people that's, that's typical softness from you. I'm you soft, exactly? but you know who I also might think, uh, who I also think might be soft is Andre Dillard. Like, <laughs> Wow. I, I, Way to bring that into a uh, segue. Yeah, well, it's soft. That's a, that's quite a, that's quite a accusation. Um, <laughs> He just Soft to me in terms of like people made jokes about Jamarco Jones them needing a little bit of the of of that right that that attitude that kick in the ass type of you know it's just for him he can't be committing crackback blocks in practice on practice squad linebackers for fun like that can't happen or slapping his teammates after the whistle like that's not something that can exist but you know soft is not maybe that is too extreme but there is not that intensity. He doesn't have an uh, edge. He does not have an edge. Edge is pro- – so if he doesn't have an edge, then by nature of not having edges, I'm not going to call him round. I'm going to call him soft, right? I just don't think that that group – it is a second-string offensive line on a first-string offense, and you're going to have to deal with that probably throughout the course of the year. And I think it's just ridiculous to think that they were going to have all the solutions to this in one off season. Skaronsky looks great beyond that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think, yeah, look, I think Skaronsky is going to be a very good player. I think that at some point here, and it's got to be soon. If it's going to happen. I think the idea of looking at him at tackle is not, I don't think should be dismissed. I don't think it is dismissed as a possibility. Um, I think, I actually think Brewer at center. I mean, that's certainly his best position and 
I don't, I think there's some upside there. Like it's still, but again, you're still talking like Ben Jones went healthy. Certainly that's a downgrade, right? Um, you, I mean, the only thing that you, uh, you've upgraded left guard for sure from Brewer to him, you know, right yeah. guard, it's a downgrade, right? Tackle right now is a downgrade. Now, obviously you hope that if you're the Titans, Petit Frere comes back and, and has taken a, a big step, he's getting some reps now in camp. Again, I think, I mean, to me, it's like left out. You're right, Buck. Like, is it realistic to think in one offseason you're going to fix it? To fix it to the extent of you go to like a good offensive line? No. But it was so much about Dillard, right? And Dillard, like, I mean, shoot, TD's been talking about Dillard as the possibility, the possible replacement for Luan for like two years. Mm-hmm. And it was always going to be this thing of like, okay, so this guy's worked for one of the best O line coaches in football. By the way, a guy I covered in college football is an amazing guy, Jeff Stoutland. He's on this loaded roster. He got passed over by a great player. So maybe it's just a case of, hey, just give him an opportunity. I think we're seeing that with Aziz Al-Shire on the other side of the ball, right? Yeah. I mean, he when he played, he looked good with the Niners, but you know, he wasn't a full-time starter. He looks like a starter to me. Looks like a yeah. – yeah, give him an opportunity. That roster's loaded. But right now, Diller just looks like right now it's not going to be what they hoped. Yeah, but what, I mean, realistically, like if you caught Rand Carthon or Vrabel in an honest moment, would they say Dillard is what we hoped at left tackle? Like the deal, if it worked out, phenomenal for a starting left tackle. What was it? Uh, three years, 29? Like that's yeah. that's value on top of value if he pans out. Now, right. they can get out from under it with relative ease. It was always going to be a flyer type of situation. And you know, I don't want to call it high reward, low risk because – the 35 year old quarterback coming off of a high ankle sprain and surgery this off season. Like that's not something that I don't, I don't think that I'm going to see a better version of Ryan Tannehill this year than I have in the past couple of years. Right. Like, I don't think we're going to see Ryan Tannehill 2020 just because he's, you know, just because he's got somebody else other than Dennis Daly protecting his blind side. No, it, but it the point, Buck, is that th- this year, though, is what I mean, it's a flyer year, but also this is the last year, probably, right? So, like, you need you need it to work this year because next year, I mean, who knows? You're but chasing probably, offensive line again, again for three years now. They've, they've they've been trying to figure out the fix on this, and you know, there's all different manner of of reasons why that's the case, and we don't have to relitigate the whole John Robinson thing, but like. They have been chasing that unit for a particular point of time. And listen, a lot of teams in a lot of different markets are bitching about their offensive line today. Like there's there's not 32, there's probably not 20 good offensive lines in football, no. much less 32. There might be 10 that feel good about it right now. Right. So that's like I don't wanna I don't wanna fan flames unnecessarily just because we're out there every day. But like Joe, I need to see them win or be the more competitive unit one time in practice for me to have a degree of confidence. And I can objectively say through today, what, nine open practices? Ten, ten now. Ten yeah. open practices. I and you may you may correct me if you think I'm wrong. I don't think that I have seen a practice in which they as an offensive line group have been the more competitive unit. I understand the Titans front should be good in 2023. I also need to see the offensive line at least look competitive. Yeah, and I think one. Well, it's also, again, good, very good players who have played together on defense, and now the additions look good too. And the scheme but, is the same, and the play caller is the same. Yeah, but also I, I do think it maybe gets exaggerated because those guys are so animated, so competitive, so ferocious, right? And there is a, there is a. That's the thing with Lawan 
And I, I still think, based on the reaction of way too many Titans fans over the last few years, too many Titans fans don't understand how good he was. Yeah. And and but beyond that, I don't think appreciate. Like, he did bring that edge that he'll talk trash to whoever, right? I mean, he's gonna. And sometimes he might do something goofy and you know cost you in some way. Although that was more early in his career, but that guy brought an edge. And I mean, even like a Saffold had this physicality about him. And then ben, you think ben. about yeah, the 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 swagger those guys had probably underrated and and i agree with you when you look at these guys now it's not just that they're getting beat but it's kind of like they're meekly taking their beating you know every day and look the the optimistic titans fans gonna say well that's the defense is just that salty every other offensive line get ready for the same thing this year and look i think they're maybe good but it's you you gotta i agree with you, you gotta and that's the funny thing you mentioned jamarco jones earlier i mean I, look if jamarco jones was he was already to me losing reps to Chris Hubbard before that stuff started to happen. So it kind of tells you like he just wasn't a, a valuable player. But I mean, some of what he did, maybe there's some, some place for that. Not dirtiness, but just some kind of nastiness here or there. They need they need a little bit of that. They're meek. An offensive line closer to meek than they are nasty is not a, a winning formula. One would think at this stage. Um, but back, so we'll see what happens with the offensive line. Terrell Williams, obviously, and Mike Vrabel not giving us much of anything this morning uh, for the uh, for the head coach who will not be the head coach for this preseason game and the acting head coach who uh, will, I don't know if that is a situation that will continue in the preseason. I imagine it's kind of a wait and see what Saturday looks like type of deal. Um, but the quarterbacks will obviously be, I think, the focal point for the vast majority of Titans fans. It'll be the first opportunity that the, the fan base writ large can see a lot of what we've been talking about or writing about or tweeting about, all these things, and, and we'll have the opportunity to react to that. I want to I wanna play a, a clip from the radio show. We had Willis and Levis on the radio show, what, Friday for Levis and Monday for Willis. Both of those interviews, I'm biased, I think I do good interviews, Joe, but I thought both of them were at least pretty candid. Uh, in where they are right now. But I want you to hear from Lil, Will Levis, and I want the audience to as well, and see how you feel about the progress that the rookie is getting in his training camp, his first NFL training camp thus far. You enjoying yourself? Yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, I mean, about two weeks into, you know, camp right now. And it's at the point where we almost got, like, everything in, you know? So, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of uh, uh, just remembering – all the stuff we have in and executing and now getting into situational type stuff with the two-minute and everything. So, I mean, it's really exciting. I've been having a lot of fun. You have been able to do the thing that we hear coaches talk about the most. Um, stacking days at this point. You feel like you've put together – and I know conditions out here are a little different today and, and seem to be just from our vantage point. We're, we're looking at a, bit, at a very far distance, I would say. So, I don't want to take too much away from things that I might have seen or not seen. But – you know, it seems like you have been able to stack some days consecutively here, and it seems like you're getting some good opportunities. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the only way to get more opportunities. It's the only way to, you know, stand out is just to day after day come in and continue to do your job. Uh, today is one of the days where I feel like it wasn't up to my standard, regardless of what, what the conditions were, you know. But, I mean, I feel like I've had a really good week, and having those days in a row, stringing those days in a row, um, gives me confidence too as well. So, I mean, just got to come in every day, clean slate, forgetting how the day previously went. But uh, it's really important. Him trying to stack those days, obviously he's not been the second-string quarterback at practice. For those of you who, who aren't aware, he was taking some second-string reps and 
since then it's been Malik. I fully anticipate Malik to start on Saturday, Joe, and whether yep. he starts the entirety of the game or not, I, I don't think that's necessarily um, much to worry about. I assume both of these quarterbacks are going to get a fair amount of reps in this game against Chicago. But yep. like for Levis, you know, you and I talked about him him trying to layer things and him consistently making those throws short or not putting enough zip on it when he's trying to, just kind of feeling those things out. I'd say for the most part, though, he hasn't done enough for me to kind of separate him from Malik Willis. No, I would agree. I don't, I don't think he's separated beyond him. I mean, I think that he – I do think that he has gained, like from the beginning of camp, and there there was one day in particular where he sailed like maybe three or four passes, and it's like, man, he just doesn't look like he has a confidence and the footwork is jacked up and, you know, what's going on. And, I mean, if you, if you start there – and, you know, Willis has had his ups and downs too, but if you start there, I think – there was definitely Willis was ahead of him with, I don't think, I don't think there's much question of that. And I'd say right now it's, it's getting closer. Um, you know, today, um, which might've been Tannehill's worst day, but today, uh, he was Levis, not good today. And I yeah, know there was rain, but like from our vantage point on the terrace, like there was, there were passes that were wobbling. I don't know if he had some affected at the line of scrimmage that from my vantage point, I couldn't see, but it was an objectively bad Tannehill day. Yeah, and so Levis had a, a really bad pick in red zone, just, just under through a fade, and it was just an easy – it was a layup, and I forget who picked it off. But uh, it was, it was kind of – Was it? Is that right? I thought McCreary got Tannehill. Either way. Oh, I'm sorry. McCreary did get Tannehill. You're right. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a you know reserve who got Levis. But he came back out and hurry up, and he went boom, boom, boom. Three really good, sharp, balls-out, fast passes. Racing McMath actually made a fantastic catch on the sideline. I was like, oh, there's Racing McMath. And then, you know, he takes a sack in the red zone. But kind of an example of the ups and downs of him. I think Levis, I think the ball is coming out fast, and I think the decisions are fast. And that's getting better. And I think he has worked on the touch. And I think in some of the red zone periods, Buck, he's been really good. And Malik Willis has probably made more throws where you're like, oh, you know, than the Levis. But there's still with Malik, there's still at times the first read take went pat, pat, pat. And it's like, you know, like you, you got to be able to go snap, snap and go get it out. In the red zone in particular the other day on Tuesday, I think that was. Yeah. But so I think it's very close. And I think it's uh, – I I'm personally – I think that speaks to Willis's improvement, and I think it speaks to Levis. Still, has a long way to go. I, I, if I'm a Titans fan, I would not be like discouraged about where Will Levis is, but I, I think that these games are going to be really important. It's still different, and Malik Willis is talking about this today. It's still different when it's like, okay, here you're playing the game of football. Yeah, it's not game plan and all that stuff. It's not a real game, but other team can tackle you. Guys are being tackled to the ground. People are watching. There is a different level that you just automatically have in your mind of the pressure at hand. And so I think it's going to be really fascinating and make these games okay to watch. Billy Sullivan on Facebook. You can interact Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch uh, as we live stream the podcast today. Uh, Billy says, man, y'all making us feel bad about our offense again. Brandon Connor says, Buck is making me very nervous about our offensive line. Damn you, Buck. Damn well, you, Buck. I know. It's just, we should, well, honestly, that should be the name of the show. Damn you, Buck. But uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, I like my thing, Joe, regardless of who's quarterback, they go as the offensive line goes. And like Tannehill, obviously, need, the reason they completely fell off a cliff last year is because Tannehill got hurt. There's no disputing that. And Malik 
in a much different place then than he is now. And we'll see. We may never see what Malik looks like in live action reps again for this team, depending on how this offseason goes. But, um, you know, I think my thing is just offensively, they go as the offensive line goes. If the offensive line is even slightly below average to average, like I feel like this is a collection of skill position players and a quarterback that can absolutely be trusted and a play caller that I think has got got something to them that's going to at least get more creative in how they scheme rather than when everything else falls to shit, hand the ball off to Derrick Henry for, you know, negative one on first down and two on second down, and then you're sacked on third down because that was the Todd Downing experience. It felt like they just weren't creative enough to find, and listen, we know the personnel deficiencies, but you can still find ways to scheme as a play caller, and that honestly is, that honestly was the biggest indictment of Todd Downing to me. No, I agree. I, I think uh, I think it will be some level of upgrade. Don't know what level, but I, I think and I, this offense will look different. And I like a lot of what I see mm-hmm. in practice in terms of what they're going to be doing. Skill. I like the skill group. I like you know Chig in year two, Traylon Burks in year two. Hopkins looks good. Hopkins uh, back at practice today missed a day. I thought he was missing another day. I'm like, okay, so is this? Is he a little nicked up? Is this the well, DeAndre has to go? Yeah, and he rolls in. I'm like, what does he think? He's on mountain time? Like, what's happening today? But he got out there, you know, mountain took time. some reps, <laughs> you know, and uh, he looks good. Uh, you know, when he was not there, and really it's it's kind of the last two open practices, not there at all, and then barely there today, it's a difference. Like Tannehill already, I think, has him as an outlet, you know, where it's like, you know what? I, I know that I can get six right here, and, yeah. and they're they're coming after me. So I, I think the skill, uh, I like Spears. I, I I've debated with Kaharski a little bit. He he's he thinks maybe we're overrating like how involved Spears will be, but I mean I, I think that he is going to make some difference for this team. So I'm with you. Just be okay, be average, be, be decent, okay. be so- yeah. Then then I, I think the rest of this team. And if you're making field goals at a high clip, by the way, which is going to be – that could be three or four games. That could be three or four results on the season. Then I think this team is right there to win the AFC South. Uh, we are hanging out here with Joe Rexford. If you're just now joining us on the uh, 615 Sessions podcast, we're going to hear from Malik Willis here in just a second. Quick reminder that the podcast made possible by Relax the Back. Their office in Green Hills is the place that you need to go if you are experienced back issues, if you are somebody who needs to be more active at work, if you work from home, a standing desk is what my set- setup is currently propped up on. Relaxtheback.com is where you go. Hashtag we've got your back Nashville for all your back needs. Uh, so Malik Willis on the radio show on Monday, Rex, and I don't, I didn't, I didn't catch up with him after practice. I had Bayard today while you guys were grabbing dudes off the field. But I thought Malik, and I don't know what your experience with him has been like thus far through camp, but I think that we're getting the most honest version of that dude, the most confident version of that dude, and I think you could say the same of a lot of those guys. But this was Malik Willis on the radio show on Monday. Like, was there a certain point in time that that in particular clicked for you in your rookie season that you kind of understood where they were going with the messaging on that? Uh, I understood the whole time, but as I was saying, I mean, I came from an offense where we weren't as much – under the center, we weren't as much sure. in the huddle. You know, having 10-word plays, we weren't doing that. So I had to get used to doing that. I had to learn to speak that language. I had to take a, just every aspect of the NFL game and try to apply it to my game. And 
didn't have enough time to do it sure. successfully last year. But I'm not going to blame it on that. Just got to work harder, and that's what I did this offseason. So. Well, it's a whole new season, and, and that's that's the beauty of it. You know, obviously you, you, you take lessons from those reps and things like that, as anybody does. Uh, but at this point, it just it feels like a fresh slate for for everybody who's coming in, who you know might have had their their rookie season like Kyle and Traylon derailed for for injury or all the different injury situations that you guys had to work through and different circumstances that you felt like your class was particularly thrust into maybe before uh, before you might have been ready. But I mean, the value of those live game reps, there's really no other way to simulate. I know preseason is as close as you can get, but like to have those starts under your belt at this point everything else has to feel like just a lot smoother from this point on yeah yeah it's almost no more surprises you sure know? uh been in late games been in games we're winning overtime seeing games uh from the sideline with ryan we go up big we go down big try to how to bounce back just all those different scenarios and situations and more, more than anything that situational football i think that's the most important thing that we needed to work on well myself uh, outside of just first and second down ball, third downs and uh, situational football, because that's what the difference is in this league, uh, third downs and situational football, those critical situations, those one plays that change the game's outcome. Yeah. At Titans quarterback Malik Willis. So that's Malik talking about where he is and how much, I mean, the idea that there's almost no more surprises, like I'm sure Malik Willis would see some things that might surprise him if he went against a Bill Belichick defense or something like that, but you know, the fact that he that he thinks that way, that he's carrying himself that way, I don't think that's anything but good. Yeah, for sure. And hey, he he brings up he, he reminds people a lot of the Liberty offense, but I'm I'm sorry. I mean, that's good on Hugh Freeze for having a scheme that is incredibly easy for quarterbacks that's still effective, that can win for you in college football. But I mean, it's that's what it is. It's like people are still wondering about you know, quarterbacks coming out of like the Bryles, the Hypel offense, you know, and to me, like the 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 freeze offense is even like a lot more simple for quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, uh, he he shouldn't have played last year. He did, and to his credit, he's worked hard. And you have to imagine that so many things that were confounding a year ago are now kind of basic. And it, like you said, Buck. You can still be in year five, year eight in this league as a quarterback and get some coverages that mess you up and you get baited into something and here comes the robber or whatever. But yeah. like the basics, being able to go out there and run a, a full offensive game plan in a given week, you know, I think that's there for him now. And that's a big difference from last year. Do you want to talk about Botox or do you want to end the podcast? <laughs> I mean, I got my I got my shot in on you already. I, I just want to say. Well, Vrabel, Vrabel got me today. You weren't oh, over good. there. Vrabel Goody. got me today. Apparently, his son narked on me. His son Carter narked on me that I'd uh, that I'd been getting Botox or uh, that I got my first Botox injections. A week how does ago Carter? Today. How does Carter know? Did he get it with you? No, Carter follows me on uh, Instagram. Oh, so you were talking about this on the gram. No, the reason that people found, okay, so long story short, we're going to do this. I got Botox. I don't think it's, I. you can literally tell every time I try to raise my eyebrows. I look phenomenal on camera Unbelievable. today, Unbelievable. I will say. Uh, I, uh, my girlfriend, her sister, she's a triplet. Sister's an injector. They had their one-year anniversary at their uh, esthetician shop. She was working on one of girlfriend's co-workers. Sister said, you want to get in the chair? You look like you could use it every time you make a face. On your live stream, you look like a, a, a hound dog because of the way that, you know, I guess this profession has aged me and my eyes are drooping and everything else is drooping. Uh, so I said, sure, shoot me up, baby. Let's go. 
And, uh, you know, big fan. Uh, shout out Canvas Skin. They did a great job. I think I look great. Rex Road thinks that it's something to be made fun of. And I told him that if the sample size is you, if that's how I'm going to age, then I'd much rather look like this. <laughs> hey, man, I'm embracing this sweet uh, smell of death as, as it rapidly <laughs> approaches, okay? First of all, what did Vrabel say? Because I'm excited that he, he gave you some shit for this. What did he say? He said, Carter told me to give you some shit about what you did to your face. I go, could you tell? He said, no. I said, great. <laughs> You know, I was hoping to hear more creativity than that. Well, look, uh, all I know is my. He is more creative than that, but those are also things that probably should not be disclosed on a uh, on a live streaming <laughs> professional broadcast at this point. Fair point. So I'm 50. My wife is 46. Uh, uh, quite a, yeah, a fair amount of my wife's friends have gotten Botox, and she has talked about. It. I'm just like, let's just embrace being old. But you know, at some mm. point, maybe that. Maybe she will, and it's it's not my decision. I just I kind of you know give her a little crap about it, you know. But when I heard that, what are you thirty? Thirty. Thirty year old man got Botox. I I That's cannot right. wrap my head around it. I can't I can't do it, man. And I'll be the boomer yelling at the cloud. But like I don't what, think you look younger. You just look plastic. You talk about my Lego hair. You have Lego face now. That's the point. I want to look, I would rather look 30 forever. I would rather have the Lego face than the Lego hair. Although the hair is getting a little more Lego as, as the I was going to say, by. actually, that looks amazingly Lego right now. Well, you know, it's, it's very much like, like my face. It's very much stuck into place in a certain way. I, uh, you know, I think uh, Barbie bucks as Billy Sullivan. That's correct. That's, that's fine. Like if I, if I, I, it's, it's like people that take like protein powder and creatine. Like, okay, you want bigger muscles. I want my face to look smooth. I'd rather that than looking like some roid raged up, uh, you know, whatever the hell. So I think at this stage, um, I'm fine with the Botox. I'm going back in a couple of weeks. I'm probably going to get more Botox. And if I lie down within the four-hour period that they tell me not to lie flat on my back and I come back looking like, uh, what is it's not Chunk from the Goonies. What's the creature? Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Dude, I don't know. I but don't remember. But the funny reference, the though. If Funny I come reference. back looking like that, then we can make content out of it and it's all good. <laughs> so is there like, okay, so it, it makes your, you know, it, it shocks your nerves and you know, your face is frozen. Is there actually a benefit? Because the things you're talking about with the bodybuilders, there's still like benefits to protein and things like that, right? Sloth. Like still- Thank you, Brian Malone, Sloth. for coming on the clutch. Oh, well done, well done. Like, yeah. is there a benefit to Botox? Like, does it actually do anything good for you? Oh, sure. Like I get migraines. This helps, uh, helps get rid of my migraines. I grind my teeth. If I wanted to get it in my jaw, it would help me with my, uh, teeth grinding habit. Like there are benefits to Botox, but my, I'm not taking advantage of the Botox for any of the medical benefits. I just want my face to freeze. Like that's, I'm, I'm doing it for purely self-involved and, and superficial purposes, not for any of the actual medical applications of this. Not happening. Yes. Yeah. I mean, both. <laughs> Botox and bottle service buck. That's oh right. My goodness. Hey, listen, if nothing else, it's on brand. Joe Rex Road, always Fancy. on brand. Six to nine uh, on 1025 The Game every Monday through Friday. You can hear him there. You can also read his work on The Athletic. Jaime says, Joan Rivers on A to Z. No, this isn't Joan Rivers Botox. <laughs> this is Tom Brady Botox, baby. If it's good enough for Tommy, it's good enough for me. Rex Road, what could people be looking for on theathletic.com? Well, I just uh, posted uh, things that we've learned, things that I think we know about the Titans heading into camp. Well, yeah, again, with, the, with the, the central theme, what we just talked about, which is this team is going to be as good as this offensive line allows it to be. Uh, there's a lot to like, and there's one thing to not like right now.
So, and then, yeah, I'll be, yeah, like you said, I'll be with you in Chicago. So coverage from there. Coverage from Chicago and uh, certainly plenty of your reaction with the next time we join you on the 615 Sessions podcast.